Okay, good afternoon. Welcome to the Run to Win podcast. I'm John Lombardi with Chris Kumis. Hello, everybody. Today is the 17th of September. This is episode five. So we're going to get into this. We uh, can talk a little bit about the NFL. I think probably the uh, information or uh, my my take on last week is uh, how we had a lot of quarterback injuries. Roethlisberger, he's out for the year. He's going to have surgery on his elbow. Uh, Drew Brees is going to have surgery. I guess this just was reported uh, Wednesday. They're not sure how long he'll be out. Monday they were talking about him six, having surgery. Six and, weeks. Well, this new new information says they won't know until oh. after the surgery. I guess they, once they open him up, they'll be able to. Mm-hmm. But let's just say it's six weeks. Um, I think the of those two teams, the Saints are probably in better better position. They've got... Teddy Bridgewater, and then they've got Taysom Hill. Um, although, and this is one of the things I was looking at when I was watching that Saints game on Sunday, is you know Taysom Hill's the backup, but he plays special teams. He's in a lot of packages as a receiver. Uh, you know, carries the ball. Do the Saints change their packages for him so as to not risk him getting hurt as a a field player or a special teams player? I think they have to. Yeah, I think they have to. They got to limit his exposure to injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reminds me of a time when I was coaching at Vanderbilt. um, We uh, we had a tight end H back uh, by the name of uh, Bill Marin Angel. I think his name was. He was our starting punter, and he was a starter as a receiver, H back tight end guy. And he was a pretty good player and pretty good punter. And we were playing. I think it was TCU, and he got hurt. Got a hip pointer, if I remember correctly. And he couldn't punt, couldn't play uh, in the field either. And our backup punter was a, a red sh- uh, walk-on freshman. And his first punt, we were playing on ESPN. It was a night game. Uh, his first punt, I think he kicked it straight up in the air. <laughs> I felt really bad for the kid. And uh, so Marin Angel recovered from that injury real quick, but he did not play uh, receiver for the rest of the season because they were too worried about him getting injured to punt. So right. uh, Taysom Hill could you know, get the Bill Marin Angel. Um, in addition to that, I, uh, this was just, I think, uh, came to light today that the Giants have uh, uh, put Eli Manning on the bench. Uh, they're going to start their rookie quarterback and see what he's got. Um, I hate to say this, and this is this is rank speculation on my part, but i, I got to believe that the, the coach... Pat Shermer probably went to the owner and said, you, you got to let me play this kid. Uh, Eli's not getting it done for us. He's not the answer. We drafted this kid for a reason. Let's see if he can play. Um, if I were him, I probably would have gone and go, either you let me play this kid or I, you're going to have to fire me. Well, Because yeah. he's going to get fired anyways if you keep playing Eli. I think the Giants are in a situation, and granted it's week two, that what do they really have to lose? It, like you said, Eli's not getting it done. Uh, at least this shows the effort. Hey, we're going to they get a, a win-win. You get a look at another player who could very well, you know, step up to the plate and get it done. And, you know, with <laughs> it's just one of those things where you got to take a chance at this point. They're not looking good. They haven't been good in the last few seasons. And so I don't think anybody – is going to look down upon that move at all. Okay, so two questions. If you're Eli Manning, what do you do? Do you just retire? Now, if he retires, he forfeits the rest of his pay this year. 
Yeah, you don't do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do they cut him? I don't do... know. Is there a potential of a trade? Because with all these quarterbacks going down, there's yeah, surely a well, lot of teams I that suppose... could use them. But the... have you watched him play lately? I know, but you know it. I guess if you're the Jets, is he better than you know Falk, the kid they had to put in off, you know, take off the practice squad when Simeon got hurt? I guess well, I guess Trevor Simeon's out for the year with his ankle. Unbelievable. Yeah. So um, Sam Darnold's got mono. He should be back. Uh, they were talking a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, I saw today in the news that he's doing better, so he might be back uh, sooner well, rather than later. I think what that topic is 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 sometimes is a quarterback just not playing well or is is it the system is it the players around him not helping him to win and i think there's just all these things and and right now i think with the giants it's all of them yeah. I, I don't think there's anything going on good there uh so yeah let's uh bring in a new guy and see what he it, can do you know it would be nice if this the giants kind of went to him and said hey why don't you retire we'll we'll, we'll pay you anyways kind of give him some money on the way out the door I, the only problem with that is is I don't know that you wait till week two to do that. That maybe should have been something talked about in the well. That's in the off that's season. why I think. Well, that's that's why I think the coach kind of put it. You know, again, I have no reason to think this. I have no insider information. I think the ownership, management, they're all on that Eli train, and the the coach is just I can't win with this guy. You got to help me out. And it got to the point where he just had to plead and beg, and and he maybe even threaten to quit or. or or whatever, before they finally realize that this is the answer. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure the coaching staff probably knew that this should have been done a while ago. Um, but I think that there's, you know, I got a friend of mine who lives in New York City. He texted me a sad day for a proud franchise. That's what he texted me hmm. today. You know, he's a Giants fan. Um, and for me, you know, looking as an outsider, I'm like, great, now they got some hope. Uh, they didn't have any hope with Eli. And uh... well, you know what it reminds me of a little bit. I do have to say is that uh, back when Marino's career was coming to an end, there were some people. It was sort of a sad thing, you know. Uh, obviously, with all his knee injuries and all the problems he had had, he was only a mere shadow of what he used to be. And it does get to a point where you just never know when that's going to happen with an athlete. And maybe that is where Eli's at with it. And yeah, it's it's it, it's more of a sad situation than anything. It just shows you there's very few, very few athletes. And, and granted, you know the the right tackle for the Buccaneers when it comes down to the end and it's time for him to retire. No one really cares. Quarterback's probably the only position, and then you know a guy like Adrian Peterson. You know what what he's going through in Washington is. It's kind of sad, um, you know. But these quarterbacks, you watch them, and, and you really wish Eli could have gone out on a on a higher note. Uh, you know, I guess the only one I can think of in recent memory from a quarterback perspective was Elway. He walked off after winning the Super Bowl. Well, what, uh, what about Eli's brother? Well, Peyton didn't. They won, but he didn't really. You know, it wasn't really because of him. He wasn't much of a contributor. And you know, a lot of people were thinking that he wanted to play the next year, and just no one wanted him. Hmm. Uh, you know, I guess Jerome Bettis went out on top. They won the Super Bowl in Detroit, where uh, where he actually was from. So that was kind of a double whammy for him. But very, very few of these high-profile players go out on top. It's uh, and not that you have to win the Super Bowl to go out on top, but um, but it, it is nice. Yeah, which 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, you know again, the Jets are struggling at quarterback. Um, <laughs> Panthers, Cam Newton just doesn't look like he's got it going on. Uh, you know, I, we've watched two games of the Buccaneers, and uh, Jameis Winston just doesn't seem uh, to be the answer there. Uh, the Titans, they, they beat the Browns. Everyone was pretty happy with that game. They beat them pretty handedly. Then they come down, they play the Colts, um, and Mariota just doesn't play very well. He's not, he doesn't like lose the game for him, but he doesn't do anything for them to win. They lose that game. Uh, you know, people were concerned about the Colts, but it looks like Jacoby Brissett is, is going to be a very serviceable guy. They're not going to have a bad season because of him. Yeah, no, he's uh, we somebody we talked about, obviously, when the Andrew Luck thing came about, and this is turning into somewhat good story for him he's been very clean i think three touchdowns and a pick uh just another solid game i guess um not doing anything to lose him the game i i think it points one thing is is that i think frank reich is a real good coach okay you know i think he's proving that he's a really good coach yeah and they wanted uh i can't think of his name all of a sudden josh mcdaniels from uh from new england Mm -hmm. they ended up having to settle I mean, that was really kind of a bad thing in, in hindsight. You know, there were guys who, like, accepted jobs to be on McDaniel's staff with, with, the, uh, with the Colts, and then he backed out, and they were, like, stuck holding the bag. But we're not going to talk about that today. But, um, you know, Reich was sort of a, uh, a second pick, if you will, and I think he's turned out to be the, you know, that they got lucky in that one. Not that McDaniel's, who knows if he would have been any good. I, I really don't think he would have done a good job or as well of a job as Reich has, given what he did in Denver when he had a shot as a coach. Um, I do want to touch one thing on Eli and ask you this. Do you think Eli is a Hall of Fame player? Oh, wow. And to a degree, some people, you know, they kind of remember those, the how it ends. Unfortunately, and that's the only problem. If if he had retired maybe two years ago, I'd say yes. Um, I, I do think, though, that, the accomplishments are still there. I say yes, uh, not by any means a first ballot type situation, but yes, eventually in the Hall of Fame, yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, looking at some other teams around the league, um, the Vikings, they spent a lot of money to sign Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm not sure that they would do that again. If they could roll the dice again, would they sign Kirk Cousins to all that money right now would be – would they be pleased with what they've got from him after uh, a year and two games? Um, I don't know. No, I, I don't know either. I just don't know uh, at this point, and I think this goes to our whole subject of quarterbacks, is it goes down to this right now. Who else would you take? Who else is available? There's not a tremendous – I've said this. I don't know exactly. I think we differed. At points in time, there's definitely, in my opinion, not a lot of depth at the quarterback position. When you, Once you get to second string, I think a lot of teams are in trouble. Well, Actually, I, like you said, I do agree. The I Saints are in a better situation with Teddy yeah, Bridgewater. Very, very few teams. Have, well, I mean, the Bears with Trubisky. Yeah. You know, the Denver Broncos with Joe Flacco. I know you think he's a, a, a good player. but no, Not so far he, this season. He hasn't shown anything yet. Uh, New system still. And but. there's some, you know, teams like Arizona. They got a young guy. We'll see how he, he's he's been up and down. He's shown some flashes. Uh, you've got the the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. He's he's lighting it up. I mean, you know, some teams are 
are happy with their picks, but there's yeah. not 32 guys out there, exactly. much less 64. And um, you know, a lot of people thought the Dolphins were going to be able to sign Teddy Bridgewater, but he decided to come back and and play. Uh, behind Breeze, I guess figuring that this would be Breeze's last year and then he'd right. have a shot to be the starter. And boy, did uh, this pay dividends so far because now he's going to get, the, you know, he's going to in a situation where it matters and he can he can help a franchise that's, you know, really was excited about getting back to the playoffs and competing for a Super Bowl. And granted, when he got in this past week, okay, not off to a hot start, but I, I've always thought he's the caliber well, of player that is – Maybe uh, in on a lot of teams a starter. I mean, well, he was a starter for uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, yeah. and I think he would be a starter for a lot of teams. Yeah. Not you know whether or not he would be a starter because he had proven it, um, or just because there's not enough guys out there. I don't know, but you know it's probably not a good uh, measure to go in like he did against the Rams with Aaron Donald, even though he got kind of dinged up and, 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 and didn't play uh, for a little while. Um, unprepared, didn't get a lot of the snaps. I, I'm sure he's going to get all the snaps. Although, you know, there's some talk out there that maybe they'd be better off with Taysom Hill. Uh, I don't necessarily yeah, I don't agree know. with that. Not necessarily because I don't think Taysom Hill will, will do a good job. Is I just think if, if they've got some plays for Hill and Bridgewater, um, you know, I think that's probably a, a better deal than Taysom Hill yeah. and Bridgewater on the bench. I, I think uh, Bridgewater is the more well-rounded quarterback all around, passing and athletic. Uh, he can move around well. I know Hill, very mobile type player. Uh, they and, say he's the best athlete on that team. Oh, yeah, hey, <laughs> I don't dispute that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, what, what a lot of this is going to come down to for a lot of, and I'm speaking vague, I sort of got sidetracked a little, but, you know, for a lot of teams this year, you know, we can sit and talk about who they've got. At this point, after this past weekend, who's going to be able to stay healthy? I mean, and, and so I, I almost to a degree, and I've felt this now for a while, there are a lot of, you know, back in the 80s, you had pocket passers who might be able, I think John Elway might have been, the most escapable type player that I can recall back in the 80s. He'd get out and run for yardage. You don't want your quarterbacks having to do that as much, and, and I think that's what some of these guys' specialties were in college. Even a Teddy Bridgewater, he was a, a player who, you know, when, the, when, when it wasn't available downfield, he could go and make the big play. At this point, man, your season's on the line when your quarterback's out there getting mobile trying to pick up that first down. Um, so... Well, it's, yeah, I mean, those guys are bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever been, even though quarterbacks might be bigger and stronger than they've ever been to a degree. Um, the last thing you want you to do, your, your guy to be doing is running down the field and getting hit by a linebacker right. or a safety. And, and you know, it, there really wasn't anything uh, unique or that any of them had the comp, you know, you got a guy with mono, you got a guy with an ankle injury, Breeze is passing, Aaron Luke. Donald's trying to yeah. bat the ball down, and they Just smash hands. Um, you know, I don't think that uh, Roethlisberger, you know, his injury, I think, was an actual throwing motion injury. Mm. I don't think he got, I, you know, when, when I first noticed that he was hurt, no one hit him. Now, it could have happened earlier. It could have happened in practice. Who knows? 
when it comes down to that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just, as, as again, I've said it numerous times on this podcast, as my grandfather said, football is the perfect sport, except the quarterback is too important. Right. They are too valuable. Uh, they mean too much to the game. And if you've got a bad one, you're in trouble. If you've got a good one, Tom Brady just keeps on doing it. Yeah. Uh, uh, back to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, yeah, I think that he, <laughs> when you're playing behind Drew Brees, and I know a professional athlete, especially a backup, is, is supposed to be ready, it's hard to think that you're going into the game when Drew Brees is playing. So I wouldn't, I agree with you. I also wouldn't base uh, what he did uh, or didn't do in that game. Well, it, it I would think have he'll been, be prepared when it he comes to been nice. the next one. It would have been nice if he, you know, put together, uh, you know. And they, you know, again, we're going we're gonna to talk about this in, in a couple, but, you know, that, that penalty, or it wasn't really a penalty, but when the refs blew that fumble dead, that got returned for a touchdown. That wouldn't have made the difference, but the score would have been ten to three at that point in the mm-hmm. Saints' favor. Um, and and again, they lost like twenty-seven to nine. But you know, it it wouldn't have been the difference maker, but it definitely would have maybe swung some momentum, um, changed the the focus of the game for the Rams. Who knows? Let me ask you this on this. Not to beat this subject to death, but uh, especially since. Well, let me, let me just is, let me just finish you know, this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why do the Saints keep getting tooled by the refs? <laughs> okay, I don't have an but, answer. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Go ahead. You were going to say. About I, if anything, I would say I would have thought they would have been getting the benefit of the doubt on some calls, especially in this game. You yeah. know, you would have thought that almost the subconscious of the referees were that hey, we owe these guys at least a couple here, and no, that wasn't the case at all. Um, no, but going back to, and I don't know if this plays into when a backup comes in off the bench. Obviously, everything's designed around Drew Brees. And so what part of the game plan now changes to do what Teddy Bridgewater does well? And, you know, what's going to, how much is going to change there in the game plan overall well, going yeah, forward? Game planning is very team specific. And it's to a degree specific to the players you have. Uh, you know, depending on injuries and things of that nature. Um, you know, those, those coaches don't watch all that tape for no reason. They're looking for tendencies. They're looking for, uh, you know, hey, in this part of the field, 80% of the time they play this defense. Or on the flip side, you know, when they get inside the 35-yard line and they're going in, they're in, you know, 11 personnel, you know, one, one back, one receipt, you know, whatever it might be. And they're playing these, uh, um, what's the right word? They're playing these tendencies. They're playing these things. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of things based on what the Rams are doing. And it, it's a lot of uh, I'm going to do something, okay. and you're going to react to it, and then I'm going to react to your reaction. It's it's this constant building on, you know, okay, you're going to do that? Well, here, here's, here's what I'm going to do, and you're going to react to that, and so on and so forth. But, yes, Teddy Bridgewater's got a different skill set than Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have certain plays. That are you know designed for uh, Drew Brees. You know I I don't think Drew's arm is what it was a few years ago. He's not throwing as many balls down the field. Teddy Bridgewater's probably a little better at that. Um, so yeah, they probably had a lot of you know underneath and screens and you know ten yard digs and things like that in there. And and, and maybe you know maybe you know 
Drew Brees is the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL. He's got the highest completion percentage, like five of the top eight, you know, per for a year. Mm-hmm. 76%, 77% completion. I'm sure Teddy Bridgewater isn't as accurate as Drew Brees. No. So a lot of those p- plays that they have, in, you know, for tight windows or, you know, an out where you just have, you just don't have as much, uh, as much area, and Drew Brees can make those, you know, 10, 15 yard throws. That's probably not, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's uh, uh, forte. Now, mm-hmm. I do know one thing about a lot of these teams, and the Saints are one of them. They pretty much come up with a new game plan every game. Right. You know, the Patriots are, are, are renowned for doing this on defense. They'll be playing a 3 4, and then the next game they're playing a 4 3. You know, they're able to look at the individual team. A lot of teams don't have that ability. You know, a lot of coaches are like, okay, we're going to institute a little bit for game one, and then we're going to build on that and build on that and build on that. So they've got kind of the same game plan going in, and then they just tweak it based on. But, you know, the, the Saints are grinders. I mean, they work long hours, and they're going to put in uh, specific stuff. And, you know, they've got guys on their staff, coaches on their staff, who, you know, when they are playing um, – first week against Houston and everyone's getting ready for Houston they've got a couple guys who are looking at the Rams already so they're always a week out so come the end of that game on Sunday against Houston well it was a Monday night game um, boom they've got guys with all the tape is broken down all they got to do is break down that game that just happened right and they've got all the tendencies loaded into the computer they got everything going on and then they you know they on Monday, well, again, it was not Monday, but Tuesday, the day after the game, they're looking at the game they just played, and then, boom, they flip the switch, and now they're looking at the Rams. Then, you know, the players have a day off. That's the day the coaches put everything together. Yeah. I and think they a lot of in. people underestimate how tough uh, and how much goes into coaching football. It's got to be the most complex sport to coach. Well, and again, there's different philosophies out there. You know, there's certain coaches who, it's all situations. You know, they they're gonna on Wednesday they're gonna work on first down, and then uh, you know Thursday it's second and third down, and Friday it's fourth down and red zone or whatever it might be. Uh, and there's other coaches who really don't want to work their players that hard. They'd rather their their legs are fresh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've got a friend of mine who coached in the league for a long time, and he switched teams, and I was talking to him like the fourth week of the year. And I said, how are things going? Because they came to town, I think they were playing the Titans, so I went to see him at the hotel, and I said, how are things going? He goes, yeah, things are different here than the place he came from. And the place he came from, they had a lot of, uh, they'd had a lot of success. You know, he had a Super Bowl ring and everything, but he's on this new team. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, we don't have a third installed of our offense that we would have at the old place so well four games into the year the old team he was at you know so let's say they had a hundred percent this team only had 30 percent of the offense you know comparatively and they had different offensive systems uh, but they were close and i will say this on that point about your friend he gave the eagles every chance to win the game the other night that they needed, and they just... I'm not talking about couldn't. Schwartz. Oh, you you really? No, it's not oh. Schwartz. I'm sorry. Schwartz is a defensive coach. Well, yes, but at the end of the day, 
he did just about everything he could to give uh, the Eagles a chance. I thought the defense really came up huge the, considering the Eagles do not have a good secondary. And if they can't get pressure on the quarterback, plus they got a lot of injuries, um, they're in trouble. Yeah. So, anyways, all right, we're off the quarterbacks. Okay. A lot of injuries, guys getting benched. Most important position in all of sports, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, it was a weird week. It was just weird. A lot of them all at once, uh, or you know, a lot of big names for different reasons. But for it all adds reasons. up to this: is teams are looking for uh, yeah. for leadership. Now, one thing I do I do want to bring up, and I know you, we talked about this uh, before we started the pod, so I want to let you get at it. Mm. Um, but another team that's got a bad quarterback position, the Miami Dolphins. So, Chris, you're yeah. from Miami. You've been talking to some of your friends back home. I'll, I'll turn the microphone over to you. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to try to calm down a little bit. It, the reason that this resonates with me, the Dolphins situation overall, it has nothing, very little to do with the quarterback. I don't know that there's a quarterback out there. You can put Tom Brady on that team and it, uh, how much difference is that going to make he can't play defense he can't play special teams and he can't go catch the ball just ask his wife anyways uh you know but i've i went through this with the jets really i just feel like uh there are certain teams where the general management is not giving that organization a chance to win i don't know why I don't know if they're just not very good at the scouting of players. And in this situation, it's it's become unique. It's obvious to the fans. And I think after losing by 40-some-odd points two weeks in a row, it's obvious to the fans what has happened. And the Dolphins are more or less preparing for a great draft pick. And that's unacceptable to fans playing a lot of, uh, paying a lot of money for season tickets. You know, it, the prices keep going up. Yet the Dolphins, over the last uh, 16 seasons, have been to the playoffs twice, losing first round both times. That was in 2016, the most recent. They were 10 and 6, and 2008 they were 11 and 5. Obviously, and of course, that was the year Brady got hurt. Right. In the first game of the year. Right. So they and, were able and, to and take advantage of that. And the Patriots went 10 and 6 and didn't and make the playoffs. Didn't. So. Yeah. If Brady plays that year, they don't make it that year. Well, I don't the know. Dolphins, the Dolphins would. I forget if they. You know, we could look back and see if yeah. the Dolphins well, beat. I'm assuming the though that if they both had ten and with both ten and eleven six, and they, five. No, they, oh wait, the eleven and five year. That was oh, year. I'm sorry. Oh wait, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm assuming that the reason the Dolphins went was because they had a head to head. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Um. But the 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 main point is is this. You know, there are a lot of loyal fans out there and they really they just you know since they were a kid their dads were a fan of the team and now they're supporting the team but at what point does it get okay for a fan to say you know what I'm not going to go to the games anymore and try to fight back a little bit I just don't think there's any commitment obviously to winning this year in Miami I don't know that the fans even realized to what degree until now they're 0-2 in, on pace. and well, Not, yeah, not to get I, I looked it up. In 08, uh, the, the Dolphins in uh, week three beat the Patriots 
and then in week 12, the Patriots beat the Dolphins 48 to 28. Must have been a secondary tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, the, the division record. Might well, have no, they didn't have uh, the the uh, the Patriots went 10 and 6, and the Dolphins went 11. Oh, okay, and five. okay. They so, oh, they had them by record. I'm yeah, they beat them by. But yeah. let's say that I was thinking maybe the Dolphins beat them twice. Right. And that was the difference, the one game difference, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. They split. So. Um, but so what? What in short? I told my friends they're all complaining and I'm very upset. And it it wasn't just this season. It was like I talked about the lack of commitment or maybe ineptness of the general office to put together a team. I, at this point, I can't blame the players. You know, I'm not saying those players aren't going out there and giving their all. It's a situation where they just don't have players to compete. At the, at the NFL level right now, it's uh, they've been compared to, you know, a college team right now from the looks of it, and they're on pace to maybe go on to be the worst team in NFL history at this rate. Uh, now it's a too early to tell, but so you know, my question is just this: At what point is it unloyal to say, you know what, we've had enough, we're going to stop paying money to go see these guys, the players, hey? They go to the highest bidder. How loyal are they to a team these days? You know, it, it is what it is. It's a business, and the organization is still making money. Yet there are people who, let's face it, they just love football. That's a very proud football city, and they've been very disappointed for a very long time. And I think this season is like the cherry on top in a bad way. Uh, and like I said, I don't know that. Even the fans expected it to be as embarrassing as it's been the last couple weeks with no signs of it improving. I'm going to – a couple yeah. of points, but I just want to point this out. I looked at the Dolphins. They won nine of their last ten games that year. Oh, in order to make the playoffs. Yeah, the only game they lost was when they lost to the Patriots. But they beat the Bills, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Raiders, lost to the Dolphins. Yeah. Beat the Rams, beat the Bills, beat the Niners, beat the Chiefs, beat the Jets. So they won nine of ten – so they were in going into that game. They had only won two games. That's, that's yeah, that was, that's something. And of course, yeah, that's sort of a stick in my thought uh, side there of the fact that obviously they probably needed to beat the Jets in order to make it in, and they did. <laughs> and, and granted, so far this year the Dolphins look bad. And will they win a game? Nobody knows. Um, I and what I said to you when you brought up this topic and you were kind of, I can probably name ten teams easy and there's probably more, that have a worse situation over either their history, the last 10 years, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Dolphin fans have uh, had some success. They've had the glory years. They had the you know the Larry Little, uh, Greasy, Super Bowl, Shula years. They've had Zonka, the, you know, Zonka and all yeah. those guys. And then they've had the Marino years. Some teams, the Lions, for instance, the Browns, nothing. Yeah, but They've John, got nothing. this is my point. Doesn't that make it, a, it it worse? This was once a proud franchise, you know, and the, the fans are proud, and they have that history. They're the only undefeated team in NFL history back in '72. When it comes to being tortured, the <laughs> the Dolphins are way down on the list. <laughs> now, granted, okay, that's a different may, side. Maybe it, yeah. you could argue that. Having been to the mountaintop and now being in the basement, to mix my metaphors, I guess, is worse. If you've always been a Lions fan and you're used to, you know, although yeah. the Lions are 1-0-1, they're in second place. 
maybe that's worse than you know to be good. Now you're bad. Maybe that's worse than being that's, perennial bad. That's what I think the problem uh, is. Is that you know it, and and even in years where the Dolphins didn't make the playoffs. Let me say this, and I actually you know, I had something pulled up, but you know it was one of those things where they were maybe seven and nine, eight and eight. They were competing. There was interest there. The yeah. people went to the games because there was a chance. And I think that after week two, the fans in Miami realize there is no chance. The season is, you know, over with any well, chance to make the playoffs. If it's any comfort, they've got a lot of draft picks yeah. over the next couple years. They traded Tunsil to Houston. They got a couple first-rounders. They just traded uh, – what? Minka, Micah Fitzpatrick, I can never say that guy's name. They got a number one draft pick. Uh, they've got like five picks in the first two rounds over the next two years. Okay. That's pretty good. That's thing is, is the guy who's there, is he going to make use of those picks? That's absolutely what is what remains to be seen because how good were they at making picks in the first place to get to this point? You know, if, if they're going to have the first pick this year, and let's say they're they're you know they're depleted talent wise, and they're going to have the first pick this year, and again, I'm not going to even try and say to his last name from Alabama. Everyone's saying he's going to be the first pick, or Jalen Hurts, or one of these guys. Right. These really good, you know, college quarterbacks. Or do they stink for two years to get the kid from Clemson, who granted has not had as good a season to start he hasn't been bad but he hasn't been like on fire like he was last year his freshman year um wouldn't you hate to take Tua and then you stink it up and you had a chance to get Trevor Lawrence from Clemson who some people think is you know football Jesus there's a lot going on there and let me let me good field this one for a second you're talking about pretty much losing on purpose for two seasons to try to get a couple of players to where we don't know how they're going to translate to the NFL. Let's face it, we see that all the time where there are players who we think Heisman Trophy winners who come out of college and then, guess what, less than mediocre at best, I should know. The Jets have had a couple. So, you know, then who knows? They come out, maybe they get injured. Is it really, you know, this is a league where everybody wants to win now, and it goes back to the same point that I started well, let me with. Ask you this. Is it fair to the fans? Well, if you could go through two bad years to get Drew Brees, maybe their doctors had uh, cleared him, or another Marino, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, so and I know, and I know uh, you can't say any of these guys are going to be Marino or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or any of these guys. But you don't really have much of a choice. Well, they sort of made their bed now they're lying in it. They got well, rid of whatever chance they did have to be competitive. You're you're to a degree implying. Uh, now, granted, they've traded some of these guys this year, and, and you know what. To get two first-round picks for Laramie Tunzel, I would have uh-huh. done that. Okay. Yeah. How, why wouldn't you? So let me let me do this. The problem is that it's not those guys. You know, it, it, I mean, I saw today in I don't know 
they were talking about this, where Tunzel, when he was told what he got traded for, he's like, oh, I would have traded me too. I yeah. Mean, that, that makes sense. Especially at this point. Yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. Um, you know, they're trying their best to recoup some assets for, you know, some of the more talented guys they have on the team. You know, the problem is they've had bad drafts for God knows how long, and they're just – and they don't have a quarterback. And they haven't had a quarterback for – However long they haven't well, had a quarterback, you know, and this goes back to the overall quarterback conversation. How do we know sometimes whether quarterbacks who aren't necessarily getting the protection that some other quarterbacks are getting, you know, who can live up to that potential, who can stay healthy? Sometimes it's you know you, you get these teams who are so focused on the quarterback. The Jets have been trying forever to get a quarterback in there, and then it's a matter of okay, does a running game go along with it? Are they able to protect them? Uh, now, granted, they just haven't gotten anybody who was very good over the last several years. But you know what? Going back to the fans, and this is where it comes back for me. Do you think that with ownership knowing what they were doing this year, because they had to, they had to see the writing on the wall with this whole thing. Do you think they said, "Hey, you know what? We're going to lower the price of season tickets this year because we know that." No, they're never. Of course it. not. And that's what I'm saying is so. At some point, I think the fans. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back to something, I think, from the first podcast. You're dreaming. Oh, hold on. You're just uh, dreaming. Yeah, I understand. But I think the I, what I want to get across is the fans have rights, okay? You said something back when Andrew Luck came out, and I guess he was booed, mm-hmm. okay? The fans have the right. They paid their money to, for those tickets. And you know what? As long, with the exception of assaulting a player, if they want to, you know, or any obscenities around kids or anything like that, they can go and they can they can show their emotions as well. They're the ones paying for the tickets, and a lot of people who go to these games are just regular guys, regular average people who don't make necessarily a lot of money. They're just big football fans. And so, anyways, that's sort of where I'm coming from. I just think it's sort of a slap in the face, especially to season ticket holders who have always been and that the product just isn't being delivered and I get it they're rebuilding and all of that but they expect the fans to understand that yet pay full price <laughs> so well but yeah you don't have to go no that's my point is it so instead of complaining you know what don't buy tickets till they're good I don't know I mean the whole bandwagon thing forget about it no one's gonna ever accuse you of that um, only I don't know that there's a well you know I mean there. I had Vanderbilt basketball season tickets for a couple years yeah. And I didn't get them this year because they were they stunk so bad last year. All right. And um, you know, college, but, you know, but I have I have uh, I have Green Bay Packers season tickets. I would never give those up because I'd never get them back. Right. And I have New York Giants season tickets, and it's the same thing. I'll never get them back. Uh, maybe in Miami, I don't know the situation down there, but you don't go to the game. So yeah, it might be it'd be harder to get your preference of seats probably the joke in new york always was you know that the only way to get season tickets to a jets or giants game is to inherit them yeah well it's the same way in in green bay you know you you have a baby i have friends of mine day their kid was born they put their name on the list they estimate they'll be like in their 40s before they they get a chance to buy season tickets so anyways move on yeah another bug you had up your butt and i kind of agree yeah you know i i I didn't watch. Uh, I you watch the Red Zone channel most of the time, but when the Saints are on, I'll I'll, I'll watch that game. 
and and granted, I was watching, and most of the time, these penalties looked justified, but it was just like every other play there was a holding or a pass interference. It was it just it wears you down. You get guys runs for a first down, boom, coming back. You complain, you know, it's a punt. Guy, you know, gets a 19-yard return. Boom, it's coming back. You know, how, how can you as a player see the guy's name? How many times have you heard that in your life? If you can see his name, don't block him. Right. You know, peewees, they don't have your name on the jersey, but if you can see his name, don't block him. And you, you watch the highlight, you know, the replay, and the guy blocks him in the back. Um you know granted offensive linemen they're getting beat they're gonna hold because they don't want their quarterback to get killed i i get it but it's just it just the the refs to me are not doing a very good job they're missing a lot of plays listen missing a lot of stuff that's going on and it's just every single play it seems there's a penalty yeah it's it's hard to watch sometimes as a fan uh <clears throat> it's frustrating I have gotten to the point where I almost root for the guy on a kickoff return to just take it at the 25 and be done with it. Um, it's very frustrating that the players don't understand that, hey, you know what, this is going to back us up if I do this. So there's that illegal block in the back on kick returns and punt returns. And yeah, I, I don't get it. You'd think the players would understand, but I guess it's almost involuntary to a point where they reach out and they say, oh, I gotta, you know, I'm beat. I don't know. But the real penalty that frustrates me, and obviously there's a lot of penalties in football, I don't blame the referees for making these calls, is the unsportsmanlike. And I'm not talking about a late hit on the quarterback or anything like that. You know, hey, that's in the heat of the moment and sometimes even targeting, all right? I don't think players necessarily mean to do that. What I'm talking about is when a play is over and you're going over to another player who's wearing a helmet and pads and you go and put your hand in his face mask, which is more, you've got more of a chance of hurting your own hand than you do his face, or giving him a shove, knowing the referee is standing right there and that you're gonna hurt your team for 15 yards and compromise their overall meaning of life there, which is to get down the field, why do these players not have the self-control to understand that if they line up 30 seconds later, they're going to get to use all of that fury to go ahead and do something good on the next play? Hit the guy well, when it's uh, legal. There's, there's always, you know, get him back on the field. Yeah, get him back in the course of the game. You just don't always get that chance. You're not necessarily going to get a chance to, to, to do that. You're going to have a chance to hit somebody, though. Yeah, but maybe that's maybe you're not supposed to block that guy in the next play. All maybe right. you're supposed to block this guy. Fair enough, but at the end of the day, let's yeah, face it. Yeah, you're going to be able to chance to get him back. You're, we I know agree. what the whole idea is. The best way to these, get back these guys is are to not win the geniuses, Chris. Some of these guys are just idiots. It's very frustrating from a fan standpoint. There's a lot of stupid unsportsmanlike penalties being committed. It's always been. Yeah, it's always been. Uh, but it 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 just it destroy, you know, it just fries just chaps your ass. It does. I agree. And it, you watch it and you're like, why are you so dumb? Well, and on this point, honestly, I, I'm going to go ahead and go rogue just for a second, but I think it's a good subject. And I really just have this comment about it, which is replay in football. 
specifically, okay? At the beginning, you know, I've seen a lot of games before there was replay where if they had had replay, uh, you know, obviously they would have gotten it right, and they didn't. Now it's gotten to the point where it's almost annoying. Uh, you know, I still want to see it right, but my gosh. How many times do you see a touchdown or a big play and you get excited and then the lull just takes away from all the excitement and all oh, of a sudden... The, as the ref looks yeah, at the, yeah. They look at it and then guess what? Oh, his knee was down. He didn't score. And, I, you know, look, I don't even think there's a right answer here. Of course I want to see the, the call get called correctly, but gosh, or am I, I know I'm not alone when... It's, it really takes a lot of the fun out of it for the fans well, who think that their team has done something. I can't argue with you there, yeah. but uh, you got to balance that. There's a paradox there. You're right. Um, but the fact of the matter is you, you want to get it right. Of course. Uh, okay, so let's go through last week's games real quick okay. just to talk about it. Thursday, Buccaneers, Panthers, Bucks win. Who cares? Yeah. Do we care about that game? Uh, no. Nothing, nothing happened in that game, I think, worth of note. Um, you know, other than the Bucks are one and one. Uh, Sunday's games, Niners destroyed the Bengals. Well, the Bengals are back to their old form. Well, you know, Andy <laughs> Dalton still threw for over 300 yards. He's had two statistically and two touchdowns, no pick. He's had two really good statistical games. Okay. Uh, Garoppolo threw for three touchdown passes, which was a career high for him, and they scored 41 points, but. You know, they ran the ball well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guy I never heard of, Matt Breida or whatever his name is. He, 12 carries, 121 yards. So, you know, 49ers, 2-0. and They've beat who? The Bucks and the Bengals. It's not getting on their bandwagon yet, no. but nevertheless. Uh, Chargers lose a squeaker to the Lions, 13-10. to You know, I was watching, again, the uh, Red Zone channel, and that just the worst. That game's just, eh. Yeah. You know, there's nothing exciting going on in that game. Uh, this game was actually interesting in that the, the Packers jumped out to a 21 nothing lead on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And then they held on. Yeah. 21-16, they end up beating the Vikings. Um, Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 154 yards. He had a really long touchdown. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I didn't get to watch that game, but the Packers didn't score in the second half. So what did they do? Go in the prevent defense at Uh, halftime? Rodgers and LaFleur got into a screaming match on the sidelines. Not sure what that was about. They're not not obviously going to talk about the details of it. But, uh, you know, the Packers win. They looked good. You know, again, watching the red zone, you see – you see a lot of those uh, those touchdowns, and you're like, ooh, Packers, ooh, wow, yeah. they're really, you know, here we go. And then they just shut it down for the rest of the game. Now, maybe, you know, Vikings made some adjustments, and uh, so it goes. But, you know, just the Vikings just are not real strong. I mean, Kirk Cousins was 14-32 for 230 yards and a touchdown. Just not, not no. great. Not great. We talked a little bit about this, the Colts. Beating the, the Titans by two. <laughs> How about that, though? The Titans finally, well, they might have played him when he was injured, uh, but no Andrew Luck, and you still lose at home to the Colts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the, the, the Titans never beat the Colts when Andrew Luck was the quarterback. They've beaten right. them twice, and that was, I guess, when Jacoby Brissett was the, the quarterback that year that Luck sat out. 
Um, you know, both these teams are one and one. Uh, Mariota, 154 yards passing. Mm. 19 of 28 for 154 yards. That's just... Not good enough. Not good enough. Not good mm. enough. Uh, Patriots destroy the Dolphins. All I'm going to say about this game is, you know, did they really need to play Antonio Brown to be to no. beat the Dolphins? Wouldn't have been made. Would it have made sense? This is why I hate the NFL for stuff like this. Why do you got to play this guy? And granted, you know, accusations. It's allegedly all that stuff. Right, right. But yeah. just wouldn't it have been better just to sit him, just hold him out and say, hey, you know, he's he's new to the team. We're going to give him a week. You know, you know, it just it just makes me mad. The, the Bills go to uh, New Jersey for the second week in a row, beat the Giants. They're they're the champions of the New York New Jersey area. <laughs> yes, they are. And, the MetLife uh, Stadium. That game, of course, led to uh, Eli getting benched. Saquon Barkley had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, Josh Allen didn't play great, but he did enough. Uh, Seahawks uh, hold on to beat the Steelers. Roethlisberger. Um, Obviously got hurt, didn't finish that game. Uh, you know that quarterback that came in. You know he didn't do too badly. Uh, Rudolph, twelve yeah. of nineteen, one hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Yeah. So yeah, he actually. Uh, who knows? Maybe they're not well. Uh, you know we talked about the Steelers before the season started, and actually, funny enough, we sort of elaborated to the wear and tear with Roethlisberger. Granted. We don't know the exact uh, origin of his injury, uh, whether it was before the game and it was bothering him, or if it was something. It was the play during the game. But the Steelers have a tough road from here on out. Is the point? Russell Wilson played well, 29 of 35, 300 yards, three touchdowns, thrown. You know. Let's see. Uh, Cowboys beat the Redskins pretty easily. Prescott, 26 of 30, 269 yards, three touchdowns, a pick. Only got sacked once. Yeah. He's uh, he's going to get himself a big contract. Yes, he is. Jerry Jones is going to gonna panic. He's playing enough. And granted, who did they beat? They beat the Giants. They beat the Redskins. Yeah. But still, at the end of the day, it goes back to our whole quarterback situation. With what's available out there, Dak Prescott is a great guy to have. If he can stay healthy, hey, you're ahead of, I think, two-thirds of the league. Yeah, but is he race. worth $30 million a year? Whatever is anybody worth what these guys get paid? Well, Come but, on. Okay, right? You're right, you're right. But in the scheme of things, yeah. is he worth that much money? Zeke Elliott had over 100 yards rushing. Cardinals-Ravens, Lamar Jackson played well again. Uh, Kyler Murray had a big uh, you yeah, know, 349 could, yards. But to the, the Cardinals... Uh, but no, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's the first well. rookie quarterback, I think, to throw for over 300 yards in his first two games. Um, Lamar Jackson, 16 carries, 120 yards rushing. You know, when you when you start talking about uh, being worried about a guy getting hurt, mm -hmm. you know that that you know, who knows? Who knows right. there? Uh, Jaguars, uh, Texans, 13 to 12. A little closer uh, than people would have thought. You know, this kid Gardner Minshew, he's playing well enough 
to 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 make me you know want to tune in. As much as I hate to say this, you know Thursday night's going to be yeah, the, the Titans Jaguars. I, I usually wouldn't watch that game because it's just you know it's usually a color rush game. The uniforms are awful. The games are usually awful. But I, I think I might tune in. This is the mustache, <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Uh, you know they had a chance. They were they were actually had all the momentum. They score and they go for two to win the game, and they take it out of that kid's hands and they run Fournette right up the middle. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, you could, Minshew was twenty-three of thirty-three, two hundred and thirteen yards, a touchdown. Got sacked four times. Yeah, yeah, but he he did some things. You know, again, you're watching the Red Zone Channel, and it's near the end of the game, so they're showing you know pretty much every play at that point. Well, what I'm noticing from numbers like this with these guys, like even Bissett, I, and going back to Frank Wright with Bissett, I think you've got some coaches who are doing a good job of playing within the skill set and the capabilities of these young quarterbacks and just, you know, making it a manageable situation. And that's what I'm getting from some of these numbers, putting them in a situation to succeed and not asking too, too much. Yeah, yeah, you've got to, and again, this kind of goes back to the, the Saints discussion we have you know they've got to put in place that will help the quarterback they have you know I'm sure they spent a lot of time tailoring the offense to Nick Foles and boom he goes down the first game and oh. now they got this kid coming in Minshew from uh, Washington State if I'm not mistaken and uh, they had a chance to win you know you, you, and again sometimes coaches outthink themselves I mean this kid is making plays right and uh, so they go for the two-point conversion and you're like okay they're expecting Minshew to do something so let's run Fournette. You know, they like talk Instead themselves. of doing what, what will work, yeah. you get more into fooling the deception aspect. And, yeah, hey, you know what? I, I can't help but to think of this. And, boy, it's not a good memory for me. The Seattle uh, New England Super Bowl when uh, they went ahead uh, the from the goal line rather than hand the ball off to the beast. Yeah, beast mode. They go ahead and, oh, oh wow, that hurt. Uh, Chiefs. <laughs> You know this 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 score is closer than it actually was, 28 to 10. Mahomes 30 of 44, 443, four touchdown passes, and I think that was like in one quarter. Yeah, he scored. The uh, Chiefs scored all 28 points in the second quarter. Which you know, again, what's uh, you know what are they doing the other three? Now, granted, the first quarter, but you know, but okay, so they're they're up 28, whatever, and they don't do anything in the second half. They Weird, just, you know. Uh, Bears Broncos. This was, you know, oh. you know the, the the Broncos go down, score to take the the lead, fourteen to thirteen. Uh, Trubisky, Forty yards in thirty seconds. Trubisky uh, makes uh, I think it was like fourth and fifteen. He throws a twenty-something yard pass. How the hell does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then, uh, and then they they kick a fifty-three yarder to win the game. With one second left. Nice. Well, nice for the Bears. You know, this is an interesting thing in that, you know, that guy catches it and he goes down and someone, like, touches him. If you don't touch him, is, does the does that one second just gone? If you don't touch him, I think that the clock should continue to run, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the Saints-Rams game. You know, the, the Rams just, you know, Saints were just overmatched without Breeze. They just couldn't get it done. Uh then the evening game, Eagles-Falcons. I don't think most people figured the Falcons would win. You know, Matt Ryan, 
320 yards, four touchdown passes. You know, yeah, he had three interceptions in that game, which made the game a lot closer because those three interceptions, I know two of them at least, they were within, I think they were in the red zone, or at least one of them was, they were at the 10-yard line. And so without that, Atlanta really had their way with the, the Eagles. And that's why I said uh, Jim Schwartz actually called a real nice game on defense and put kept them in the game as long as he could. It was just that uh, Wentz, I'm not saying he played badly. It, it was that they had a hard time protecting him and getting things done. And it was a weird one. But, yeah, uh, Atlanta, and I think, you know, I, I, like, I think we picked this earlier, at least I did. Atlanta will be okay. Yeah. Uh, they've, got, they've got a good, a decent team, I think, uh, this game. Well, with, helps. with Breeze being out. That that division right now is wide open. Yeah, and then Monday night Browns Jets. Um, you know, like we said, they should have never probably scheduled that one. But I understand it was the what was it hundred years? What fiftieth anniversary, anniversary of football? Um, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know if that was a good enough reason to put that game on TV. Uh, there was one touchdown in the second half by uh, the Browns. It was had to have been. I couldn't watch it. I turned it it's off. It's unwatchable. Quite frankly. Uh, so, anyways, this this upcoming week, we're not going. We're probably going to do another podcast. We'll talk okay, about sure. this stuff in more more detail. But let's just, you know, again, we talked about Thursday. We probably, if we do a podcast, it might be Thursday. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Um, again, I, I probably wouldn't pay attention to this game, even though I live in Nashville, just because it's it's a, it's always been a stinker. But this guy Minshew, I might actually tune in a little and just to watch him because uh, he's got some spunk. Um, you know, again, the rest of the week, you got your Dolphins are at the Cowboys. Oh, they're not my Dolphins. <laughs> uh, Packers host the Broncos. I think this will be a decent game. This is, might be a watchable. Atlanta's at Indianapolis. You know, that that hmm. uh, that could be good. Baltimore, Kansas City. Let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. That should be we'll interesting. Have to, huh? I wonder what the over is on that game. You know, because Kansas City doesn't have the greatest defense in the league. Um, you know, Baltimore's been putting up big numbers. Kansas City's obviously been putting up big numbers. Uh, you know, that game could be, what, 60 points, 70 points, something like sorry, that. I'm sorry, which game did you KC? Baltimore, KC. Opened at 51.5, now at 54.5. There's a lot of people who feel the way you do and are betting the over in that Baltimore-KC game. Uh, this, you know, again, this is one of the, and people talk about this all the time, but I think this is one of the un- spoken things going on you know, over the last 20 years. The Jets at New England. The amount of victories, the amount of wins the New England Patriots can expect in their division every year is over under five. It's got to be. Oh. I wonder how many years they've won all six of those games, how many they've won all five. If you can, you can go into the year and bank five wins. You basically have to win six of your remaining 11. They usually get surprised once once a season yeah. by somebody, not usually the Bills. Either the Dolphins or the Jets find a way. Well, then again, I don't know when the last time the Jets were have beaten them. But, uh, yeah, that does give them a huge competitive edge, but I don't know that it goes back to general management in that division, the rest of the division. I just don't know what they're what they've been trying to do the last however many years. It's not working though. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, we're not Lions, Eagles, who cares? Uh, Carolina and Arizona. Let's see if Kyler Murray can put up big numbers for a third week in a row. Uh, Giants travel to Tampa Bay. So you got to look at the kid. Yeah, he'll be down in Tampa Bay. Um, I wonder how hot it'll be down there. Kid played at Duke Heath, I suppose. Uh, this will be a good game, I think. Houston at the Chargers. Uh, yeah, uh, it should be. You got that, go Watson may not make it through the year. I mean, he's been sacked so many times over the last two years. Uh, I, I always worry about these mobile quarterbacks. Uh, they um, can't protect him. It's got nothing to do with him being mobile. It's just he's getting sacked four or five times a game regularly. Which makes him have to run for his life, which makes him even more prey to the defense. Uh, but, yeah. Pittsburgh, San Francisco. and This will be interesting. The Saints go to Seattle. Teddy Bridgewater playing in Seattle. It'll be interesting to see that game. I, I, I want to watch that game. I just want to see how that game I goes. think Bridgewater is going to settle in just fine. I, I, I'm not saying he's going to take Drew Brees's, uh, you know, wear his shoes by any means, but I think that I have the confidence that you know, Sean Payton, a great coach, obviously, Joe Lombardi, quarterback coach. They're going to find a way to go ahead and get this kid comfortable and, and do well, some good things. you know, they were talking on the on the broadcast, and, of course, I, I've got this confirmed. Uh, the Saints just went up to Seattle. They stayed out on the West Coast. So they're, they're, they're staying in a hotel right now. So um, that's probably, a, you know, a little good, a little bad. Um, you know, no distractions as far as family and all that stuff. But living in a hotel is not the... The best thing. Uh, last, the Sunday night game is uh, the Rams at Cleveland. I, I beg to differ, John. I'm sure their hotel is nicer than where I sleep. But anyways. Well, <laughs> uh, I doubt it's nicer than a lot of those players' houses. But uh, well, that's true. Sunday night game, the Rams at uh, Cleveland. Um, they, the, I tell you what, the, the 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 TV, the league TV, man, they just love putting the Browns on. Monday night. Now they're Sunday night. Uh, hey, the uniforms are awful. You know, you got some of the, and I, I elaborated to them as the sexy pick. Now, who knows? I don't think they look that good. And even against the Jets last night, the Jets were completely helpless, and they weren't really able to, you know, put the dog out of their misery like they should have. But uh, in this game here, this is interesting. I'm looking at the line, and not a, this says a lot to me about how Vegas expects this to be somewhat of a close game either, either that or they're completely wrong um the rams opened at two and a half on the road and now they're up to three because obviously there's a lot of spread money on the rams but maybe that'll maybe that game will surprise us uh, i don't know but no what i was going to go back to with cleveland you've got jarvis landry you've got uh baker mayfield you've got Odell Beckham Jr., which that's a whole nother story for another he podcast. Did, he, did, he did a big game, man. He had a know. big game. Did on. you see what happened last night? Something to do. Did he have a visor on he wasn't yeah, supposed they, to? Yeah, he was hit an illegal And so visor. they settle for three points. They take him off the field after he makes this uh, huge one-handed catch. Great catch. I'll give him that. You know, and did I he have the watch on? To, I, didn't, I, didn't I, I don't think they let him wear the watch this week. Well, you're not supposed to, but he yeah. said he was But he did have it. a visor that wasn't supposed to be worn, so they had to replace that. And he's got to come out of the game. But this is the joke about that. They know that's a rule. How does, the, how does it even make it to where he gets on the field to where the coaches don't say, hey, you can't wear that? I don't know exactly the whole story. Well, so I, I mean, I don't think uh, the 
quite frankly, I don't think the coaches are looking at visors. It's more the equipment guys. And Somebody's got to be. You know, to, all you besides need is a, him, he all definitely you need is a is screwdriver. All yeah, you need no. is a screwdriver. But, the, but John, the key was he had to come off the field. For I understand third that, but he yeah. could have put it on himself, and no one's the wiser. Uh, or he could just do what he's supposed to do in the first place. Well, this is a guy right now who <laughs> just got pulled over for having tint on his windows of his car. So who are you talking? Didn't you get pulled over? Yeah, yeah but go. but the tint on my car is no worse than anybody else. Anyways, that's anyways. Uh, Monday yeah, night be uh, a topic for another podcast. Monday night, Chicago at Washington. This you know, traditionally this is a game I would want to see. These are two old school franchises, uh, but you know the Redskins just—they're another franchise that last twenty years just tortured. I uh, think that Chicago is going to have a good game on offense, and that's going to be too much for Washington. I mean, they just stole one on the road in Denver. Uh, Chicago did, and yeah, I, I I really like Chicago in this game just because I, I, you know, even though they haven't played their best football the last two weeks, I still think they've got a lot of a lot going on there. I, I like Trubitsky, and I think he's going to have a big game. Okay, college. Again, we'll, we'll talk more about this uh, later in the week, but some big games this weekend. Number 11, Michigan, at number 13, Wisconsin. All right. Camp Randall will be jumping. Tennessee Volunteers travel to Florida. They're going to be back to their losing ways, I would imagine, the Volunteers, after killing Tennessee well, Chattanooga. we talked about this. That's when Tennessee will surprise you. They'll, you know, and i got to tell you, Florida hadn't exactly blown me away this season yet. I'm not so sure that they're not a little bit overrated at this point. And granted, yes, there's no reason Florida shouldn't beat Tennessee. Hurt, I don't oh, know if he's sure. going to miss time, but he got hurt in the game. Uh, you know, LSU's coming to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. Um, you know, God forbid. Uh, let's see, any other good games? You know, I hadn't uh, looked that far ahead yet, Tom, to be honest with you. Well, again, I'm just looking for good matchups right now. Uh, Auburn, Texas A&M, number eight Auburn, oh, 17 yeah. Texas A&M. Uh, Central Florida, who beat the pants off Stanford's playing Pittsburgh. BYU is playing another uh, another name team. They just beat USC. They beat in NC. overtime, second overtime win in a row on the road. They are hosting the Huskies from University of Washington. That'll be a good game. Let's see. That'll be a good game. Louisville, Florida State, Kentucky, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Missouri. Uh, let's see, Oregon at Stanford. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, Notre Dame at Georgia. That's probably the game, oh, wow. the game of the That's day. That's the game. Number oh. seven, Notre Dame. Number three, Georgia. Um, yeah, that's probably your game of the week. All right, that, so that Georgia. Wow, Michigan. Georgia's a huge favorite, though. And what yeah. do you think? Take a guess at that. 11. It actually opened at 11.5, but it's now up to 14. Yeah, no one has any faith in Notre Dame, especially at home. They just don't have the didn't athletes. Look, didn't look fantastic on opening night against in Louisville. Uh, it's hard to, but however, fourteen is a huge number. Wow. Yeah, against Michigan. The team that went to the playoff last year. Yeah, Michigan, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Georgia, and what was that other one? It was Auburn, Texas A&M. So it's at Kyle Field, oh, College Station. So. See that ball throwing. Yeah, it'll be interesting. That's a good one. They, yeah, at Texas A&M and Auburn. It's hard to find them as a dog. They are, they 
open catching four, depending on where you get it now, three and a half to four, because obviously a lot of people, Auburn's a, a very betting friendly team, I would say. They do handle their business most of the time. Okay, well, uh, let's wrap it up. Sure. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll bid goodbye for now. Right. Uh, again, we'll, we'll have another one uh, later in the week. We'll go maybe a little more in depth into uh, this weekend's games, talk some, uh, some lines maybe, just uh, what's going on. We'll know a little bit more about uh, some of these quarterback injuries and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, we'll talk to you later. Again, the podcast produced by Caitlin Lombardi. Chris, we'll see you. All right, talk to you all soon.